I'm Batsi. Welcome to my Design Q&A podcast with extraordinary people. I love having conversations with leaders in design, product, innovation, and technology. Here's hoping you find design inspiration for today and food for thought for tomorrow. So today we invited Dimitri, he's Associate Talent Director at Fearless. Fearless is a UK-based company and they handle recruitment globally. I first found out about Fearless through Tom because I've been following him for a couple of years because he's very outspoken on LinkedIn. And that's how I first found out about Fearless. So when I saw that you, you joined Fearless, it kind of like, oh, yeah, that's, a, that's an amazing company. It'd be great to have you on and Thanks. speak a little bit about what you do in the world of recruiting. I know that our audience is largely African today, which is awesome because mm-hmm. you operate recruiting within our space in Africa and kind of recruiting globally. So yeah, tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do. Thanks, hi everybody. So being in the design, let's call it creative recruitment for eight years now, started with a company in Cape Town. So I'm based in South Africa, Cape Town. And I think I'll say 2016, halfway to 2017, I realized that, you know, UX and your eyes starting to take off in South Africa, but see, I know you were basically kind of around there as well. Um, and decided to move away from the art directors, digital designers, copywriters, and solely focusing on the product side. And since then, yeah, that's been my passion so far. I've been at a company called Crew Digital, which is now called Salt. Um, then did my own thing with an ex-colleague for a while. And Fearless approached me last year, um, I think it was July, to do a, to join the team, which I've started to do this contract for them for a company in Dubai, um, which, yeah, so that's then January, join them full time. Um, yeah, so it's been it's been a cool journey. I've my goal when I when I started doing recruitment on my own was to get into the international market, which showed it was very difficult living in South Africa. Um, because it's you know it's kind of a game where it's like, you know, who you know, you know, being yeah, like who do you already yes. know? And it's yes. you know, approaching a client um in Europe is like same as me approaching a Canon in Europe. You know, it's like they're gonna be like, who's this person? Who's this person? Exactly. What yeah. do they know? Who do they know in the industry? Um, so yeah, so very thankful the fact that I was able to join Fearless uh, because that has helped me like obviously extend my network um, to international candidates, but also clients, but also giving me the opportunity to to place South Africans and Africans with internationally, purely because obviously, not obviously, but salaries in first world countries are amazing, you know, and also with yeah. COVID and, you know, the, the remote option, it's made it much easier to get people jobs and they can stay in their country, they don't leave their family members and friends, and they can earn amazing salaries in the third world country and live a good life. So that has been a goal of mine and Fearless is fortunate enough to give me that opportunity to do that. So yeah, that's me in a nutshell. Amazing. Uh, well, can you yeah. unpack that uh, a little bit? So you mentioned that you you obviously operate within the African context. So what countries do you recruit from generally? So uh, at this at this point, um, my my whole network is just for South Africa. I mean, I probably have to say like if I had to go in an African context, it's probably about eighty percent is South African. Um, but I'm really trying to get into the African market. Uh, the second country that I look at the most is Nigeria. 
Um, I've looked at Zimbabwe. Um, I was talking to a guy in Cameroon. Um, I've looked at Botswana. I don't know. I, I know. I, I wasn't as mentioned before. I was in Botswana recently. I know there's some tech companies there too. Um, but it's yeah, it's obviously challenging because I don't, don't know anyone there. So like, it's you know, it's easier to, once you once you start building relationships with people that live in the country, you know, then you can start getting referred to other people. But yeah, the goal is to like I said, it's not just for South Africa; it's for the whole of Africa. Um, because I've spent a lot of time on Dribble, and I've seen a lot of really good designers in Africa. A lot of it's concept work because they don't have the opportunity to work on great clients. But that is still right. And it's still a selling factor for people. Right. Amazing. Cool. So while we wait for some questions to roll in, I'll, I'll ask you some questions that I had. Cool. So what would you say, like, how are African designers received globally? Is there a shift now to uh, people recognizing that there is talent in Africa that's worth um, considering? I th- yes, I believe so because like that. So the client that I, my first client I worked with, is Fearless, which is in Dubai. Um, you know, the, one of their goals for me and why they were they were keen to work with me was because of my experience working in Africa. I mean, I think they probably had a feeling that I had more connections in Africa other than South Africa. But it is, I mean, it's it, it does come down to your design in the, the day and your experience. You know, so like, if, like it, it's it's not. I don't think it's. It counts against you being in Africa. It's obviously like, but it's like there is definitely there's so many good designers. Um, I just think that, yeah, there's unfortunately not a lot of opportunities yet. Um, other than like I said, Nigeria being a bit take up, it's about having the right company. Um, but they don't. I think it also comes down to time zone. So that's a nice thing about being in Africa and working oh. with UK companies and with Europe, European companies. Because I mean, if most of the companies would say like you know nothing more than two to three hours difference. Which makes okay. it easier for you and also for the design and for the company. Wow, that's a really interesting perspective because I'd never thought of the time zone um, uh, component playing into companies' choice. Yeah, as far as where to hire people remotely, but it absolutely it makes sense. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a, I mean, like it's also this this amazing talent in the states as well, but can't really I can't really use them for my clients because it's such a big difference. Yes. Um, I think a lot of people, there's people that do it, but I think they do realize, you know, it's going to start impacting your life because you, it's either you have to wake up super early or you're going to work very late. Um, and obviously, health, yeah. health balance is also very important. We've got Devin Grover saying hi from YouTube. Hi, Devin. Um, so we're three people YouTube famous, which isn't so bad. Almost YouTube famous. <laughs> <laughs> not so bad. Not so bad. So another question would be, in terms of relocation, because I know a large driver for designers in Africa looking for work abroad is the relocation, right? Because they, they want yeah. to escape, especially if you look at where I'm from, like Zimbabwe, for instance. Yeah. Uh, if you're able to relocate, that would be amazing, right? Mm-hmm. So how, which countries do you feel are easier when designers are looking for placement to kind of to, to relocate? I, th- I think, the, so. well, from my experience so far, I mean, I, I don't want to like, you know, just give it a random answer. But I think UK and Europe, in my experience so far, has not been that difficult. I, I guess it's not difficult anyway. It depends on how much effort the company wants to put in. You know, it comes down to, you know, how much time and money they want to spend on getting you over there. Um, because doing it yourself is difficult. Um, I found myself also wanted to move to Europe internationally. Um, I don't know about you, you've moved. I don't know if companies have helped you. 
but it is, I would say, if you want to make that move, make sure that the company is willing to pay the relocation costs and also contribute towards those things and help you with the visa application because obviously they do that on a day-to-day basis. Well, not day-to-day, but I mean, they've done this before. Um, So make it so much smoother other than because a lot of people use like third-party agencies to help them relocate and that can just end up costing you a lot of money and also relocating costs a lot of money. Um, And I have found that companies do um that they so we have a we had a client in japan who pays your relocation cost and i think a lot of companies do this and then they'll also give you a, a month worth of like you know they'll put you in a hotel or like a yes, Airbnb. Exactly. so you can find your feet um so yeah definitely my advice is if, when you're going to apply for a job internet like out of your country first find out if they you know if they're going to help you cover these costs and help you with the admin that's a that's a really good point <laughs> So Devin says he's actually calling in from Bangkok, which is amazing. We're just speaking about Bali and Southeast Asia um, all started. Um, Devin, tell us uh, what is like like living in in Thailand um, as an aspect designer there. Cool. So I think when I when I created the event, uh, Dimitri, part of what I wanted us to speak about is just tips and I, I guess you could call them tips and tricks. Yeah, or designers looking to get noticed on the global stage because, like you rightly mentioned, um, there are, is a lot of talent um, globally. So, how yeah. do African designers stand out? What do we have to do? So, for like, so for my, if I have to call my preference in in doing design recruitment or like in the product side, I like absolutely love spending time on dribble. Um, it's just, I mean, it's easy to find designers that way. So for me as a recruiter, like just to go through, scroll through, you know, designs on the main screen, or you can search certain areas and you can see the designs. So I'd say dribble, just do, I mean, you can do like two or three dribble dribble shots. It's more visually because you can't, it's, you can't, I mean, I I have noticed you can do case studies in dribble now, but I think that's more for the UI side and for your end product. Um, so I'd say just get your work online. You know, there's Behance, there's there's different ways of uploading your work online. Um, create your own site. You know, you can. There's WordPress. There's a way. I mean, you. For me, like I feel, if you really want to put the effort in, you. This is what you do for a living. You know, I mean, some people you don't have to go design yourself an app, but if you do this for a living, you should be able to take some time and like show like your. You know, like being an artist. You know, artists sell their paints. Like they put yeah. like this is. So you should be able to take you how you see design it should be the, the fun the funnest part of it because it's like now you have a white canvas you don't have you know you don't have a client telling you that you have these restrictions like you have the world's your oyster um so i'd say either use a dribble page i mean dribble because dribble is nice and easy to read but if you can design your own site i know it, it takes time you don't have to do it right now if you, you know it's like take a month or two or three months and just start working on it an hour a day or two hours a week or whatever um, but it really shows clients that you, you know, you want to get a job, you know, you're putting effort from your side. And um, I, I usually advise this for, for um, candidates in Africa because, yet again, like I mentioned earlier, you, you don't always have the greatest clients, you know, so you go on Dribble and you see, you know, they they did a site for some company that wasn't, you know, it's like our homepage and our bottles page and there's nothing really to it in the budget. The client's budget was like a thousand rand or $1,550 or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so I just, yeah, I believe you have to you definitely have to put the effort into, into doing that. 
um, yeah, uh, for, for the African design. It's because, yeah, because if you don't have the right clients, do your, like, let's just say concept work, people don't look past concept work. Um, okay. So always, I'd also say, like, if you, if you want to focus on the app side, go find an app that you, that you enjoy using and redesign it. Um, okay. Yeah. It's not, it's, it's not unseen, put it that way. Um, people do notice it. It's interesting you mentioned Dribble because I actually haven't seen a lot of designers leverage uh, the Dribble platform to sell themselves. Yes. A lot of the times uh, when I get CVs, mm. um, people either have Behance or their own website. And there's yes. this whole like, kind of um, narrative now that Behance, um, Dribble is full of designs that are not practical. It's, it's, it's not really a place where you uh, showcase serious work or like, so how would no, you... That- that argument that is the truth i mean like as i said like so you see the problem is you get design kits and a lot of people use design kits and it's like you know it makes it makes you know you kind of get the whole design made for you ready so you can just go use a kit and you can change some colors you never really know um so that's i mean that's that's up to you because you can you can do exactly the same thing and upload it onto behance or onto your website um i i think it's just i mean yeah I, I, i think it's it's for me as a person that's you can call me a hiring manager, if you will. And I don't think less of you if you have a Barnes or a, a, a Dribble or Beyond. The fact that you yeah. put your work up there, you know, makes it amazing. Because I mean, with putting your work up there, you don't just like take a print screen. It's all about presentation as well. You know, you actually put it. They put, a lot of the times you can make a really average site look amazing by just presenting it with like different. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I, exactly. <laughs> I'm with you there. Um, I used to do that a lot when I was an agency. Yeah, no, of course. Yeah, when you're selling pie and coke specials, you have to do everything that you can do. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> to make it better. Yeah. Um, yeah. So for me, I, I don't know. Like I, I've heard this before too. I really enjoy it um, because at the end of the days, it's like it is, and that's why I mentioned it. It can be more for the visual side. So you yes. side and case studies, you can't really. You just see the end result. But I mean, if if you you are, if you a product designer, you can still have that. And you can still have a case study that you can send over. You know, you can put you can put in the caption at the bottom. You know, um, let's so if you want to see the case study of how we the end to end design worked and how we got through the whole process, email me. You know, or something like yes. that. There's right. always a way to do it. But it is nice to see the in the end product. You know, like it's to to see, and also it's also nice if it's the end product that's live and you can actually have a link and someone can go play around on the page. Yes. Um, people also tend to use like I think it's Envision. Envision where you can go and you can use you can actually interact, you can make the app into you can yeah, yeah, app. like a prototype, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Probably, yeah, exactly. So, that's another there's another option for websites, but I mean, that's also, I mean, you don't if you're already done the website, you can just take some print screens, right? Yeah, so we've got uh Pratamesh here from India, he's got a question for us. So, he's talking about the difficulty for freshers to grab their first job in India. Have you found this difficult when you're um, hiring? So what are companies looking for? Is it usually mid to senior, senior? Like how many uh, jobs have you seen cropping up for um, fresh graduates? Yeah, like, like to be honest, global to be honest, yeah, it is, it is, it's not just India. It's like, it's unfortunately, it's, it's an international problem. And like, we, you know, like, I don't agree with it, but I kind of get it sometimes because it's like, you know, if you're a smaller company or a company, you, you know, time is money. So you're working against time, you know, yes. if you have, you know, like I, I think I, I've noticed the, it's, it's all you get a smaller company that has, 
doesn't doesn't have budget to hire excuse me, budget to hire a very senior person to get someone junior. It takes them longer to get the job done, but at least they get the opportunity. Or they just hire one scene and eventually they grow the team. And that's usually how we, yes. we would recruit for clients too. We'll always start with like let's say design director and and leads and then seniors and mids and then juniors. Um but it right. is it, it is unfortunate. It's like we don't I wish I had the solution to that, but I don't I don't know why. I mean, because I said that could be the one reason, but it's um, yeah, it's not just in India. To be honest with you, yeah, um, we, I've had this struggle in in um, in South Africa a lot too. So you mentioned Fearless is doing something with um, with training and, and graduates, right? Or was it internships or like an academy or some kind? So uh, I actually forgot I forgot to, to get the the name of it, um, but I will share it. So if, if anyone wants to, you can just reach out to me and I can give you more info on it. Um, but we do have a, um, if you go onto our fearless community, there's a lot of info on everything and you can just ask questions there too, um, which we can just share with everyone after the call. Oh yes. So that was your Slack community, right? It's fearless.com. Yes. I will put it in the, in the chat so people can yeah. check. Very, very cool. It's, it's, we, cause we also have our own events with design leading leaders in the, in the world and we have like i mentioned to you yesterday about say there's different channels about job opportunities there's channels about like there's like one just pets you just post things about your cats and your dogs like there's a few interesting things to look at and it's just it's just nice to bring a design community together where you can also just ask questions um especially if you're a junior or when i mean leads also still need to learn um but yeah. it's just a conversation oh wow so devon is the head of design at agoda so I, I use Agoda oh, wow. whenever I want to book something. It's nice. like agodabooking.com. Those are my awesome. go-to platforms. So Devin, you're doing a great job on that platform. So I use nice. it. I think um, I think I think our, our founder our founder or co-founder Tom Scott has actually spoken to um, Agoda as a, as a client, which is oh, pretty, nice. Yeah, that's very cool. So maybe Devin can tell us how does he deal with the issue of um, hiring interns fresh graduates do they have a strategy for that interested to hear what devon has to say yeah i'd love to yeah um okay so when it comes to people looking for work what are some of the don'ts that you would say um you've seen people like designers do and they've missed out on opportunities because they've done certain things or uh, added certain things in their portfolio or cvs that they shouldn't have like do you have any um, yeah. red flags that designers should avoid when they're looking for work so yes the one thing outside of like design and portfolio just purely on applying is that obviously a lot of us go through times where we desperately find a job because unfortunately things happen companies close it, you know it's, it's out of our control but yeah. something that people you tend to go and they'll apply for like you know a senior role and then all of a sudden and then a week later for mid and then junior and then uh, director and then ceo you know <laughs> so, uh, so but the number one and i always say this to people and, I, and i've said this to the candidates that applied you know for a role and i interview them and then i see them applying for different role. i'm like you know you kind of it's not about looking desperate there's nothing wrong with being desperate but it's like you need like kind of stick to the stick to the thing that you're applying for you know so if you want to if you choose to be a you want to specialize in a UX designer as purely in UX, then, you know, have faith in yourself. Don't go and go apply for a UI. If you know you're 20% UI, 80% UX, stand yeah. your ground, push through and like, yes. you know, um, 
unless you really want to get their attention. But I mean, like, I don't think you're going to get their attention that way. You know, like, it's, you, you can rather motivate it in a, in a different way with maybe another case study. Or, you know, there's, there, there is different ways of doing it. Don'ts for portfolio. Well, <laughs> so for, this is, that. I mean, this is a biased opinion. But, like, I, so, like, like it. I don't, I don't like it when people use this, like portfolios, for example, for like weeks or site. Nothing against weeks. <laughs> Nothing against weeks. I think it's amazing. I've used, I've used weeks to design things. I don't think it's a bad tool. I just think that if you are a good designer and you do this for a living, don't use a drag. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, it's, it's kind of like using like I'm trying to think of like adding no. your. like using it it's just it's yeah it it, it just shows that you're not you you know you're not that passionate so like go go find i mean there's nothing wrong with using a template from like wordpress and then customizing it you know but i feel like that's i kind of from from my personal perspective if i get a way if i get like a senior product designer you know that wants to work for (laughs) one of my clients amazing and they send me a wix site i want to jump out the window (laughs) i I know exactly what you mean i think it's it's So the least you can do on Wix is pay for it, so you can have a, like a custom domain, right? Exactly. That's. <laughs> and you're not fooling me with that either. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so, like, well, this is thing. Because um, Sarah yeah. Judy, she, she's like a LinkedIn uh, influencer. She speaks about if you're a job hunter, you need mm. to apply UX principles to that problem. Yeah. Right. And, and part of it is looking at it from the recruiter's point of view or the hiring manager's point of view, right? So all of these little things that you're mentioning now, um, that would be red flags or that would annoy the other person. Yeah. Just try and, and, and have empathy for the other person when, when you are like in that job hunting uh, yeah. kind of mindset. Like you yeah. need to apply UX principles to the yeah. problem of finding a job. That, that's, you know, that's my whole point. Like, I mean, you, you get people that design like out of these world portfolios you don't have to do that you know you don't have to but just show just show some interest you know you don't have to you don't have to create an amazing user flow user journey with a portfolio either you know it's just i just feel like using a wix site it's just not the greatest thing to do um so yeah that's that's customize a template right so so what do you do if you're a designer who can't code well that's the thing like i mean that's if if you're going to go wordpress i mean like you you can I mean, oh, that's actually a good point. I mean, you can ask a friend, I guess. Um, make an effort, basically. Make yeah. an effort. I mean, like, yeah. yo, it's, 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 the people that have these, you know, like, so that's the thing. So a lot, a lot of designers work with developers too. So if you maybe have a friend that you work with and it's a front-end developer that can help you um, and you guys work, because, I mean, obviously, you work in a product team, maybe ask one of your friends to help you, you know. Like, don't go and create this amazing design and expect them to spend, like, a week on it. You know, <laughs> that's what yeah. um, but yeah, that is, I mean, that is, that is another option. So um, there's some interesting points here from Devon. Yeah. Um, talking about UX communities within like your, your network. So what UX communities have you come across in South Africa? Like where fresh graduates or people looking for work can plug themselves into um, and maybe learn, network and find opportunities like that. So in South Africa, I haven't, I haven't found. So I mean, I've been to, like, I mean, there, there is a UX community. I think it's called UX Community on LinkedIn, which is just a page. Um, I think there's, as far as I know, I'm not on that because I'm not a UX designer. But I know there's a there's a WhatsApp group going around um, 
that a lot of okay. people did. So there's there's a, a company called Get Smarter. They're called Two You now. So they they do a UX course, and by, by the end of this course, I think you also get you get access to this WhatsApp group all within it, and everyone shares questions. It's kind oh, of okay. kind of like the fear the fearless channel, um, the the channel that, that we mentioned earlier our community channel that's i mean that's that's a that's an amazing channel already to use wherever you are in the world because that's people from all over so if you need advice you can just pop the question on there right yeah next question i have is something i've always wanted to ask a recruiter so um two questions actually i've always wanted to ask i'll, I'll start with the first one um what do you think ha- is the reception when 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 a company is looking to hire designers um, and one designer can code, the other one can't. Okay. Is there a preference towards the designer who can code, or do you feel like there's equal opportunity? That that, that totally that depends on the client. I mean, if you so if you have so I mean, if you're a UI designer and you have front end development coding, it's a great benefit. I mean, it's like if you because you kind of and I've always said this, and this is why product teams need to work closer together because. If you if you can code and you know what the effort is that goes into every pixel that you're creating, you'll you'll think twice before making this extravagant, you know. Interface. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like because because that's what, when I started with you know when I started with uh, the product design recruitment, um, and you know I've had cl- clients that the, the designers would do a PSD on in an Adobe. And then oh. I'll send this PSD with this amazing design, and then the developer must code everything. <laughs> yeah, I don't think some people don't even realize the slip that the, 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 the devs had to go through because now you have yeah. you know Sketch and you have Figma that does a lot of the coding already. Um, yes. So to answer your question, I don't. It really depends. Like I think if, if you're a smaller agency and you don't have a and you, you don't have front end developers, there'll be a difference. But you kind of you kind of want to be specialized. And bigger companies. If you have that, that they're not going to use you as a front-end developer because they have a whole product team, they have a whole dev team that they're paying for already that's supposed to yeah. be doing this day-to-day basis. It's just beneficial for you, especially in the interface side. Um, that is in my experience. I mean, I, you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, anyone that's sick of it, but that's that's what I've found so far. Okay, so, so it's not a skill set that you would actually actively recommend like designers, like at least learn how to do a bit of CSS. It's you, from your experience... It's it's not really it won't set you it won't really set you apart. No, but I think my advice is understand how it, how it, how it works with with. Okay. Don't be oblivious to what that actually exists. You know, know that there's someone that's going to code it. Maybe go read up about what front end developer is, what how it works. You don't have to be a front end developer, but a lot of my clients have said for um for for UI to understand. Have an understanding. A lot of people actually get a fright when they read a job spec and they see front end development. They're like, whoa, 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 whoa. No, yeah. I've seen a lot actually on job Actually, a lot of of the times, like, you know, people don't read it properly, but sometimes it would just say that, you know, you just need to understand, you know, just realize it's the architect that needs to build this picture that that you're designing. Yeah, and that's exactly what Devin is saying here, that they don't necessarily look for designers who can code, but it's nice, like you said, uh, Dimitri, if you understand yeah. how yeah. the thing you're designing will be built, it, it yeah. plays a, a huge part in the solutions you can actually build uh, or yes. design, right? Thanks, and then my second question is the whole job hopping phenomena, right? So recently, I know like the UX and product design space is really hot right now. And there is 
you could say there's a shortage of skilled designers on the market. So designers are always getting poached. Yeah. Um, and you're finding now that, yeah, exactly. <laughs> So you you find now that designers are job hopping a lot simply because they're they're looking for better opportunities, yeah. Uh, right. So is that something that works against a designer if you look at their CV and they haven't spent more than a year in one place? Is that something that would concern you now? You see that I've had this question before, and it's like, what what is the minimum amount? What how soon can someone jump? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, like to be like, and I keep on going back to, and I think that's what I'm talking when I talk when I'm talking now. I'm talking from my experience in the past years, and where you know, like I said, UX and UI was like there was like 200 people in North Africa when I started doing it, and at that yeah. point, developers was like you know the new art, not the new art thing, but it was like yeah. you know people were jumping. They they were probably getting 20 headhunts a day, you know, and people yeah. were going from job to job every third month, every six months, and there was wow. a point where it's like you know. And that's what I mean. Like if people do that for under less than a year, but you can't judge them. Like that's also the problem. I've realized, and that's also because I was still quite new in the industry. So my first thing would be like, oh no, no, I'm not gonna work with this person. It's jumping around. But like yes. you know, that person could have a very valid reason for jumping around. It could be you know because they really didn't like their job. The CTO is a complete douchebag, or I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> there is, or the, the, just find out what the reason is. But if you're just jumping around for salary, just know that if you're going to jump around every six months or every year, um, they, it's going to, they're eventually going to see it. You know, it's not, you know, if, and if, you, if you're a good designer, they're still going to bring you in because the end of the day is if, the, if that client doesn't hire you, someone else is going to. Um, and that's kind of how I see it too. So if that person jumps around and they work, it's amazing, they look perfect. I'm not just going to say no to them immediately because they're jumping around. I'm going to find out why. But if they tell me, like, if they can't give me a valid reason, I'm going to be like, okay, well, it's obviously for the salary. Because this is such a, it's so scarce to find, like you mentioned, so scarce to find good designers. So clients will just throw money at it, you know. So you can get five yeah. increases in a year. You know, why are you not going to do it? You know, yeah. <laughs> but it's like, yeah, it's like you're burning a bridge in the long run. Like you're going to do that and again, after two, three years, you're going to get to a point that like you've been at 10 different companies and then companies are going to go like, cool, you can't hate every company you've worked for, you know. <laughs> but so, yeah, to answer your question, it is some some people, like, I mean, it is kind of frowned upon. Like I said, I don't know what the minimum amount is. I don't know what I even look at. I mean, see, up to three months is your probation period. You have all the right to leave in three months. I mean, it's kind of like you... It's like how I see a first interview. A first interview isn't just you getting interviewed. You're interviewing your the client as well, the company that yeah. you're interviewing. Yeah, exactly. you know, It's for both of you to decide. And I say that to candidates too. Like you shouldn't even be nervous in your first interview. I mean, like they, the client should just be just as nervous as you, because <laughs> <laughs> they need they they asked you to come in. You know, um, yeah. So it all depends. Yeah, no, it all depends on on what they what the clients are saying or how they feel about it. If you if you know that you've jumped around a lot, maybe add that to your CV. Add to your CV and say, I moved for this reason. I moved for this reason. Because oh, um, I, yeah, I have seen people do that, you know. Say projects come to an end. Or people actually, some people are like, that's my advice. Be honest. Some people have said, got a better salary. Or like, you know, they'll, they put their current company, but like, why do you want to move? And they say, want a higher salary. And people do that because sometimes they realize, Oh, like I've, I've been looking at like senior UX design jobs and I'm paid 30% of what I should be paid. I love the company I'm working for, but the only way I'm going to get an increase is if I leave or if I try and leave and they give me a counter offer. Yes. Um, yeah. So 
that's my advice basically just maybe add that to your cv yeah that's a, that's an that's amazing advice actually um uh, explain it on your cv preempted yeah uh, that way you also have enough time to think about it before you ask like in an interview and caught off guard right yeah think what think what would you think if you had to read the cv you know like yes yes some issues yes absolutely cool okay and, and, and I, i think when when we spoke yesterday you mentioned that like your primary tool of choice is linkedin yes so how do how can designers stand out on linkedin like what are some of the things that you love seeing on people's linkedin profiles so linkedin to me is like the new cv I mean, you, some companies you have to have a CV. I don't know if everyone knows this, but you have a function where you can save your LinkedIn profile as a PDF on this. Um, so I would say go and for every every company you work for, add your responsibilities. Add, excuse me, add what you do at the company. Same as you'll do with a CV, because recruiters like me and the rest of and other companies that have internal recruiters use LinkedIn. You know, like we that's where we find people. We head on people. It's more effective for us. Obviously, I'll always say that apply for jobs too i mean like, this is why you obviously on the corpse you want maybe want to figure out how to get the right job um but yeah. apply because when you apply for a job through linkedin you can you know your linkedin link's going to be there and that can be your cv and if you do your if you do your um linkedin your linkedin profile properly you don't even have to create another cv i believe that because you have your skills on wow. there you can add your under your contact info you can add your dribble behinds your own portfolio sometimes you need to i mean i think yeah yeah you can also upload a um, a document so if you ever if you decide to do a landscape pdf of a portfolio with some print screens thrown in there add it to your linkedin profile everything's on there um add as much as much information as you can possible but not too much that it feels like a reading book you know um point uh, point of the key factors what do you think is selling you as a candidate amazing okay and, and there's this whole discussion right now um on linkedin it was it was hot around 2020 when companies were uh letting people go like the big tech companies yeah. and placing that x uber x google x microsoft in your linkedin title um like is that something that you feel companies are looking for now is that something that you as a recruiter put in your search criteria if you're looking for designers like what do you feel or what do you think about that whole ex google ex uber uh discussion i saw that literally like a week ago or something yeah. there was yeah. been an going conversation about this um i love it i think it's cool i mean like i mean if you work for a big company why not you know like you should it is for me as a recruiter going past you know some i always wonder you know google has like all these amazing big design all these designers what do they do every day you know but just because you work for google you could not you could be designing something that's very small you know you could actually <laughs> icons <laughs> like buttons you know but the fact that you say google like your clients going to be like yes i've got a person that works from from google um So yes, flaunt it, man. Like if you if you work for a big tech company and and you, I mean you have to, you have you 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 need to decide is this company big enough to go ex Google, you know ex whatever the company's name. But yeah, I mean at, at, for, like so when I do a search, I don't really know to be honest with you. But if I'm gonna go search UX designer, like UX designer, 
um, or if I go search Google, I don't know if that Google is going to, if it has an impact on my search with your name. Um, but it, this definitely does for me when I search product designer and I'm seeing a strip of like 20 designers and next to your name says X Google. I'm like, oh, damn, okay, let me open this guy's profile. Ah. Yeah, front if you can. It's it's an accomplishment okay. to work for the company, so why not? Right. Yeah, I think it's it's a good point because you it's also um a matter of pride, having pride in where you've worked and kind of the work you've done. Yeah. Um yeah, that's it's absolutely right. Cool. So I don't think we have any more questions coming through online, and we've been talking for about 40 minutes. Damn. Which is, um, it. <laughs> yeah, it's longer. It, it seems like only 10 minutes, but it's been 40. Nice. Uh, been any fun. closing statements, Dimitri, for the job seeker out there that will watch this a week from now? Kind of what parting words of wisdom would you want to give them? I'll just, I think, I think I said earlier, just put some time and effort into your, to your work. And like, you know, just because I know, you know, designing your own side of showing your portfolio, be proud of the designs you've done and the work you've done. Um, because if you're proud about it and you really feel that passionate about it, you'll put effort into presenting it to clients. Do that because that's the thing that's going to get you an interview. CVs is like on the backboard here for when it comes to design, you know, like yeah. portfolio is like the important part. I feel for me, like, I mean, I could be wrong. I mean, but I feel, yeah, put some effort into that. It's going to help you a lot. It takes you time. If you don't have a lot of time, do it over two months. But I really advise people to put some effort into it. Cool. I just thought of one last thing. Cool. Before we go. So moving or transitioning into design leadership, right? We, a lot of the times people that are design directors, head of design, at some point you were a senior designer or a lead designer, right? Mm. Um, so when you're hiring for design leadership positions, what does a, an individual contributor have to do to, to, to kind of level themselves up to actually be in contention for a design leadership role? So, I mean, for, so far with my experience, I found, so when you're a senior, you also, you also do have responsibilities over mentoring mids and juniors, um, which I've seen in clients. It's not just, I mean, it's not really in your specifications what you have to do, but you, that is part of your role as being a senior. Um, so, I mean, and for us, how we will pick it up is like if you, um, for me as a recruiter, um, it'll be like, okay, cool, this person's been a senior for like two years, two, three years, you know, I, I usually, because I mean, in the, in the industry now, you know, it's not like, I always just thought it's like three years, four or five years, but like people would go seniors so quickly. And I, I just think it's because people are just advancing like extremely well. And people, some people just have it, you know, like they just do really well and they show leadership from a young age or from early in their career and they get upskilled. Yes. Um, but I mean, like you, yeah, I mean, if you, if you've done it for a, a long, a good enough time, and if you feel that you, you know, you, your title is senior, maybe just, you're going to have to contribute. Okay. We're going to have to motivate it somehow in your CV or in your work. Um, maybe make mention about something about like, you know, I've, you know, I, I was part of this project. I was, cause a lot of seniors lead, take lead on a project or they've had, like I said, maybe you've mentored two designers under you, maybe mention that in just to see, um, yes. But a lot of the, like most of the times also clients would, would interview you as, you know, you come in as a senior and they're like, oh, cool. And then they speak to you 
And then they see, and if you, you just, you know, throw in the lead, they mention like, yes, you know, I really want to, I, I want to grow, grow, grow my career. I want to get, I want to get into a lead role. It doesn't have to be now, but I'm, you know, I'd love to, um, you know, maybe like a client will hire you based on a senior, but in the back of their mind, I'll remember this is something that you wanted or that you're working towards. Right. Yeah. Good point. Good point. Another, another last question. I keep, keep thinking of these. Sorry. <laughs> no, no. Um, I remember having a discussion with one of my um, former colleagues when we were trying to hire a designer to join our team. Mm. And she mentioned that uh, when we're going through the CVs, that the ones that were sticking out for her were designers that were upskilling themselves like recently. So you get designers that studied like a bachelor in um, design and communications five years ago, but they haven't done anything else to upskill themselves since. Mm. And then you get some CVs where a designer has done like a Google certification or um, like a, some kind of certificate recently. Yeah. Do you feel like how do you, how do you feel about that? Do you feel that um, factors into when you when you're looking go going through CVs and kind of assessing people and how what their mindset is? Um, how do you think that factors in? I guess like I mean like Google certifications it depends on what you're studying. I mean if you so if you you know, you get courses for like, if you want to get more into UX from going from UI um, and you maybe you don't have a lot of UX experience, but you've shown that you've actually tried to upskill yourself. But I, to be honest, like I said, I haven't really, and this is my honest, honest truth. I haven't really looked at things like in that sense. I kind of like look at the portfolio and the work they've done. Um, okay. Yeah. Uh, but it, it doesn't count against you. I think like if you, if you've done it, um, and you feel that it's it's you know it, it's got a good impact on your job, then kind of mention it. I think it's definitely good mentioning it, and, and but also mention why it was a good impact. You know how it's changed you. Like why would you want to do like a SEO certificate for you you are designer? You know, like uh, <laughs> you know, I know it's completely a different thing, but I'm just saying. Like I think it's, it's if you've done it, yeah, maybe like if you want them to see it, because some people can have like I mean you can go on Udemy and do like 50 courses in a year. You know, yeah. Doesn't mean that's not mean that you're going to be the right person, um, unless you've actually shown what you've learned and how it's going to contribute to the client. Right, right. We've got a, a question that just come in. Uh, what's your take on plagiarism? So, are you able to pick up when designers put work in their portfolios that's not theirs? It's no, unfortunately not. Um, we've yeah, we've actually come across a, a situation where a client has has picked it up from from a candidate. And the candidate said, it's definitely not, it's his own work. It's so difficult. It's a very, very difficult situation to be in because you don't, I mean, I wouldn't be able to know. If, that's what I'm saying. That's the problem. It's like you get you get UI kits that people can just like, you know, change the colors. And these UI yeah. kits are designed by amazing designers. So to answer the question, um, yes, it, it, it's been noticed. But the thing is like, I, it's, it's a very difficult approach. I don't know how to approach it. I, I fortunately haven't been in that situation yet. <laughs> so I hope I don't. Um, but I mean, it's uh, like if I, a lot of the times I said, that's where concept work can come in. But if you're doing like work for, you know, a bank, you know, and you haven't worked for the bank, it's going to be difficult to, to get past that. Um, unless, I don't know if you can explain a situation that you've been across. Um, but yeah, that's, that's from yeah, my side. Yeah, I've actually seen this on, on uh, a few occasions. So the one was when one of the guys I worked with, one of the designers I worked with, was interviewing somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was given a design test. So he asked me for my opinion. And I think they only gave him like a day or so to do it. Yeah. 
a dude had rocked up with like wireframes and journeys and flows and it's like sure yeah do this in a day come on be realistic so did they have some plagiarism that that's just blatant because all they've done is just take all the work we did at the bank and just kind of change the color find and replace color yeah that that happens Um, yeah it's it's i mean that's kind of on you i guess um, you're gonna have to decide. And the thing is, if if you're gonna if you're gonna die bullshit your way into a company, just remember that you're gonna have to do the job eventually. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You know, if you're gonna use someone else's work that's like, you know, maybe above what you can do right now, um, don't do that because you're just shooting yourself in the foot. You know, you're gonna end yeah. up being the person they're gonna be like, oh, then they got start seeing your designs like, well, this is not the same as the test. <laughs> well, yeah. It's like so, yeah. Um, and it comes so, out really easily in interviews as well. Yeah, yeah, and that's so that's that's what I wanted to mention about this question too. Like, so, so for me, and a lot of recruiters do this. So, so when we interview candidates for you know for our clients, we do ask them. We go through their portfolios with them. I mean, I'm not going to okay. go through every, every shot that you've done. You know, every dribble shot or every like you know, it's kind of like you know, there's a question of like, what is the what is the project you're working to be the most proud of? Take me through the project. You know. And then you should be, you know, and like no one's going to take the project that, that they've stolen from someone, you know, because yes, you're, able yes. to, you're able to realize, because I'm sure designers feel this way. I'm not a designer myself, but like, you'll be like stoked and excited, you know, you'll be able to like go through everything like, yeah, I like, I did this and I did this. And, you know, you can actually see the excitement. And a client said that to me last week is because they, um, um, that's how they like, because we, this, uh, the candidate has to actually do a show a case study. There's 15 minutes to do the case study. And, you know, what they want to see is the excitement. You know, if you're just like going to go, oh, oh. This, oh, <laughs> it's like, it's your work. I mean, that's your, it's your brother and be a brilliant butter. It's what you do for a living. Um, and if it's your baby, like, especially end to end, you should be excited. You know, I'm saying that not everyone has the same personality where you jump up and down to go crazy, but you need to show passion, you know? Um, yeah. yeah. For me, that's also quite important because the passion you show helps you to advocate uh, advocate design within your company right yeah. a lot of the times when um, when you, when designers are embedded within clients or like at corporates mm. what we do isn't um, isn't day to day for for corporate companies so they don't know what goes into product design they don't know what goes into what we do and the science behind what we do and yeah. for design to get that respect and to get a seat at that table, a lot of the times it's how you present and how you tell the story of, of your, your work, right? So it's that enthusiasm that becomes infectious throughout the company exactly. that makes design kind of uh, respected. And looking yeah. for that in the interview phase, I, I can totally relate to that. Yeah, uh, we have to remember people, some people are introverted and some people don't, like I said earlier, some people don't have this outgoing, you know, bubbly, like you and I, this YouTube famous people, you know? So not everyone has that in them, but like, it, like you know, Go, maybe like if you're not someone that what that gets like you know hyperactive and super excited, just go into detail. You know, just like I said, yes, you, you yeah. can show you can show passion about something without getting too excited. I feel, yeah, um, yeah. It's it's actually what Elon Musk. Uh, I, I remember this interview where someone asked him like, "What do you look for in interviews, or what do you ask people?" And he mentioned that one of the questions that he always asks is, "Tell me a problem that you solved and how you solved it." And you can tell, like, the people that are involved in actually yeah. solving that problem know every single detail of how the problem was solved. And yeah, of how course, they yeah. 
if you're just on the sidelines and you're not involved, yeah, it's very hard for you to answer that question, right? No, of course, but that it's, it won't be hard if you've if you've got a desire, you've got a case study in your portfolio and it's your work. It won't be hard for you to go. Through. It won't be hard, exactly, exactly. Cool. Uh, Nova Trades here says you have to always be honest because if you lie, it'll always show eventually. Amen yeah. to that. Damn straight. <laughs> so Devin. Head of design at Agoda. If um, some people missed, that's uh, who Devin is. Uh, we have candidates who do a whiteboard exercise to understand their design process and how they tackle UX problem statements. Yeah, so I actually remember watching a, a video for uh, a while ago about how to do whiteboarding if you're kind of entering interviews. And yeah, it's, it's a really good good yeah. uh, way to actually surface if p- someone is a critical thinker, if someone can solve problems. Yeah, uh, it's absolutely. No, true. I've actually never come across a whiteboard for UX exercises. It's usually a take home test. And someone just mentioned now, um, just giving candidates tasks to perform on the day of an interview is better than selecting the early person in the portfolio. <laughs> yes. So, you know, I know some people don't even want to do tasks. It's like such a, it's a catch 22. <laughs> some people don't want to have, some people like really refuse to do portfolios and some refuse to do tasks. It's like, unfortunately, it's out of our hands as a recruiter what to do as a client i mean the best thing that we can do is you know is to motivate you you know like i've done that way i've, I've gotten someone to interview with other portfolio which needed a portfolio but like i'm like well i know this person and i know this person i know a person that knows this person you know yeah that's why you guys need to use us <laughs> because we we help we help for the motivating factor for that um, yeah it is, it's, it's both because it's like you know it is nice to do whiteboard exercise maybe because then it's not a take me home test um, but some maybe that's easier. Maybe it's a, a better method than saying do a task because the thing is take take home tasks or take home tasks is usually like a week or two weeks, you know. And you'll be surprised how many people just will do the test and then like halfway through decide not oh, I don't want to do it anymore. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I do not believe in take home tasks at all because I really okay. Yeah, no, yeah. No, no, in the sense that I don't mind doing a task. Yeah. I know I'm going to kill it, right? Yeah. And as as head of design, when I'm hiring, I do not give people tasks because I've seen okay, people yeah. plagiarize. I've seen people um, when I was an um, individual contributor, people mm. always ask me for help to do their tasks, right? Yeah. I've seen how ineffective they are, but because mm. I've I've been an individual contributor for so long, I know what to ask in an interview to gauge your skill level, um, to gauge your um, your kind of your enthusiasm for what you do and your yeah. willingness to to solve problems. I can ask all those things uh, during the interview. So I actually never yeah. ask people to do those design tests. Yeah, listen. So there's there's times where a client might not be hundred percent sure, um, especially on the visual side. I mean, like you know, you can you can talk your process through for UX, but on a, on a on a visual side, sometimes you know, but but like you you know you you, you really want to hire this person because they like the right culture fit. And they were, but there's someone that's 10% better than them when you come to the, when you look at their portfolio. And then right. I, I just give them, don't give them a massive design task that's going to take them weeks. Give them a small thing. Give them like a. But how do you know they're the ones that are going to do that that design test? How do you guarantee that? Because, because the thing is, like, just I, I think on what I, what I feel is people say no to because when they start doing it, and they're like, I've spent like three hours on this already, and I've only ten percent in. I'm not going to spend more time on this, you know. I don't know. I don't know how people think, but I think like if you just spend, you know, like if you give someone that's going to take them two hours, 
And it's just about about the thought that they put into it. It doesn't, you're not asking them to reinvent the wheel, or, you know, redesign your whole page. Like just give them something and just see, you know, how they play with it. And just show that they actually put it, you know, if you give them a design task for that only takes 30 minutes, I think a lot of people that really want the job is going to spend two hours on it. You know, they're going to want to do something. They're going to make, want to make it cool. And you'll be able to see that immediately. Um, yeah, that's it for me. Yeah, I, th I think like if, and this is a good point for Amundir, like giving candidates tasks on the day of the interview is way better than um, not only selecting them on their portfolios, but giving them a task to do at home. Like especially yeah. now with the virtual platforms like Miro, where you can like actually watch someone wireframe or that's think cool. them, right? Yeah, I saw that the other day. We were using Miro. I've been using it for the first time the other day. It's quite yeah. cool. It's, it's, it's incredible, yeah. yeah so if, if you're going to give someone a, a design challenge to do, have them yeah. do it on the call and give them a, like a bite-sized challenge to, to perform that they yeah. can do like 10, 15 minutes. Then you can actually see their thought process. They don't have time to go and ask people for help. or Yeah. Uh, I, I feel like that would be way more valuable than, than giving someone a test that they go home and do. Of course, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like they said, that's... It is. There's. It depends on the client, I guess. Some people, some people just don't. You can't get around them. Um, but I mean, if you get a test, you need to decide how much do you want this job. You know. So <laughs> <you need> yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, you're at the point where it's it's up to them to hire you now. You know. You can't choose. Uh, but yeah. Yeah. So it looks like Agoda also does UX whiteboard sessions, live or in person. Yeah, I feel like these these are really useful. Uh, especially now, because like you say, there's so much on Dribble that people can just plagiarize. You don't actually know if this is someone's work or not. Yeah. So I didn't do it in person. No, I, we'll I, mean, I never actually even thought of it like that intensive. Like a lot of people, you know, can do that for every test. But, you know, it's like, just think about like, if you look at someone's portfolio and all of a sudden they're sending this amazing design portfolio, you know, like how do you, you I think you'll see it. Because I've just, I think I've been fortunate enough that I haven't dealt with people that do that, um, or maybe I don't. Maybe I've had, but they fake it till you make it, and then they end up nailing the job. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, I think it's an exception to yeah. the rule. Like most designers, don't plagiarize because we we love. Yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, it's yeah, it's, it's ethics. It's just yeah. ethics, you know. It's just being a normal human and like doing the right thing, I guess. Amazing. All right. Just shared it. It's fearless.com forward slash sign up. Awesome. Thank you so much. And how do people get in touch with you? Like, are you hiring for any roles right now? Like, yes. Um, just drop me an invite or a message. But I am. Um, Three, two, one. Yes. Or you can find me on my Just reach out to me, I'll get to you as well, as far as I can. Um, yeah. Nice message from Devin, thanks so much for your session. Yes, you're